0: of Modern Audio Theatre. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and, of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theatre. Uh, in case you ever wondered that music comes from the poem If uh, by Jerry Murphy Heard on a many, not quite all of our last 427 episodes, just shy of 450 hours of audio content in every genre imaginable, from sci-fi to drama, westerns to steampunk, comedy to stuff that defies description. Uh, the very first episode, Radio Drum Revival, published back on January 22nd, 2007. It featured the story "Drizzle," uh, my third audio work ever. A meandering short story about an office worker who goes on a strange journey through a city after a chance encounter. Uh, quite fitting, based on the weather here in Maine today. I started the show back then cuz I was interested in audio drama and started exploring the art form and there weren't a lot of outlets uh, for getting your work out at the time. Um, Jack Ward at the Sonic Society was kind enough to play my first audio story, Day of the Dead. Uh, there's also Henry Howard's uh, Radio Loftcom email news group for producers to stay in touch with one another. Uh, and then Jerry Stearns and Rich Fish, I think, were probably out doing their shows out in uh, Minnesota and Indiana, uh, respectively. But it seemed like this whole burgeoning area of podcasting was thin on places where new artists could get connected with community and just put shows out there to share with people. So... I decided to create my own, and uh, nine years later, something like three million downloads, give or take, from 215 countries, uh, which is an interesting fact, given that apparently there are only 195 countries in the world, so we've uh, added or lost some in the last 10 years. Uh, we are grateful, though, uh, for every listener from Turkmenistan, or one guy or gal out there, as well as many, many more numerous uh, listeners from the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, India, Germany, Ireland, and the Philippines, to name a few. Um, and, you know, in this time, we've seen the art form blossom, Uh I really feel like in the 90s and early 2000s, audio drama was kept alive by uh, lots of community radio volunteers in basements of stations throughout the United States. Um, people screwing around with RealPlayer back in the early days of audio streaming online. Um, and of course, little home studios everywhere uh, taking advantage of the real revolution in uh, nonlinear digital recording that's now become you know, quite mainstream and uh increasingly so and uh you know look today in the top 100 iTunes podcasts a number of audio dramas Uh, represented there, uh, at least audio fiction. Uh, Those who listen to Welcome to Night Vale and Limetown might not exactly realize that what they're listening to is very much like audio drama, Um, but you've also seen people like uh, Jonathan Mitchell's The Truth um, stand right up there, and uh, even sound design and audio fiction storytelling becoming sort of part of the texture of a lot of NPR shows. So lots of exciting stuff happening, as we've heard on our last, last show. uh, The BBC, who sort of holds the mantle to the the, uh, real production-oriented in terms of volume, And Caliber Productions, they are uh, sort of waking up that uh, their radio drama needs to be bigger than just the UK. It needs to, you know, be more digitally accessible and and worldwide uh, available. So um, all really powerful things. Um, And on that note, radio drama, audio drama, audio fiction, audio theater, radio theater, audio movies, mind movies, audio shows. We still don't know what to call it yet. I think we tend to prefer audio drama, but in general, uh, what we mean are good stories to entertain you and hope that's good enough. Um, so yeah, so if you're wondering why we have kind of a long-winded tone here, uh, it is this. Um, after a heck of a good run, I am passing the reins of Radio Drum Revival onto the new host, uh, the enigmatic David Reinstrom, a true scholar of audio storytelling, alumnus of Our Fair City. You've heard him test drive his show host before. He did the Stan Freeberg retrospective. Um, a number of you wrote in to say how much you liked that particular episode. He's also done a few reviews for us, and... Uh, has been out in the field collecting some interviews um, for the new Radio Drummer Revival Incarnation coming up um, starting next time around. That'll be two weeks from today, the 29th of January. Uh, Yeah, so after nine years, got to say the show has grown into something a lot bigger than myself. You know, I was a young emerging artist and now have, Gotten some professional opportunities in audio drama and seem to be uh, going some places. Uh, I hope it's an opportunity that's afforded to others through Radio Drama Revival and the work here. And it looks like we're in this excellent position to sort of pass the reins and the concept of Radio Drama Revival onto someone new. It's not just a Fred Greenhalgh project. And um, David and I have been working for a while talking about some of the ideas and uh, new direction he'll be taking the show. And I assure you that um, you're going to love it. Um, in, in fact, if anything, we'll be really expanding upon the vision of Radio Drama Revival um, and celebrating and honoring the heritage of Radio Drama, especially stuff that's lesser known. We'll talk more about that all in a minute. Of course, all our archives are going to remain hosted indefinitely um, on our website, radiodramarevival.com. We can't keep it all in the iTunes podcast feed. They're just not big enough for that. Uh, but, you know, you visit the website, and we'll also be doing sort of sub-feeds for different genre categories Um, I'm also going to be putting together a few top 10 lists from the archives um, for you guys, such as personal favorite interviews. We've conducted a lot of interviews over the years, and a lot of them um, still are great to listen to, um, as well as favorite shows uh, based on genre or arbitrary choice. Um, And I I think it's safe to say the future of audio drama is looking pretty darn good. As 2016 opens, you see the podcast space exploding with creative talent and audio behemoths like Audible looking very interested in this form of storytelling, uh, which is all, you know, really positive signals. So uh, RDR will be here to celebrate the diversity and vitality of audio drama, past, present, and future. And now we welcome Dave. All right. The amazing and wonderful David Reinstrom, I've already introduced (laughs) you, so we're going to get right started. Hey, David, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Thank you, Fred. How are you? Uh, awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited about everything we've got in store. We'll be talking about the kind of the future of the show and, and mm-hmm. all that excellent stuff in a moment. Uh, but I, I do want to really, uh, in you know, let's go to the origin story. Uh, sure. Uh, when we first met, I forget if it was, I think it might have been 2012 when Our Fair City got their first... Uh, Mark Time, Nod uh, We met at Convergence And I was pleasantly surprised to hear that you were all Big fans of Radio Drama Revival already How did you first hear about the show? So I started
1: um, I started making radio drama A couple of years after I started I, I grew up listening to a lot of audio drama I listened to the you know the Star Wars radio dramas And I listened to a lot of The NBC Nero Wolf radio dramas From the 50s with Sidney Greenstreet That was big for me Um, And I started making audio dramas when I was in college. Um, I started with my two best friends from college. I started this uh, radio theater company called the KWUR Theater of the Air. We were at Washington University in St. Louis. That was our school radio station. Um, And that would have been... Cause I know, I know. At that time, this would have been around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was listening to a lot of um, Decoder Ring Theater. I was listening to a lot of Greg Taylor's uh, Red Panda and Blackjack Justice Adventures, and I really didn't think there was a lot of radio drama out there on the internet. So it was around that time that I discovered that I found out about RDR for the first time. That would have been yeah, two thousand eight, two
0: thousand nine. And there and there wasn't. I mean, that that's the that's what I just you know uh, the intro to the show. I was thinking about that and. I would say, think there's a lot more now than there was then, and that's all that's all good stuff. Uh, and, and of course, you became involved with the Our Fair City project, which is pretty extraordinary. when You think about the number of artists involved and what they've done with that. So many people. Yeah. How how did you find out about them, and, and what did you do? Uh, I think it was February
1: 2011. I finally got through to Jeffrey. Um, so Jeffrey is the is now the executive producer of of the show. And I had found out that this thing was happening. I found their Kickstarter. A friend, like we had a mutual friend that had met Jeffrey at a party and I got his email address because I'd found out, you know, my friend Phil had found out that there was this group making audio theater in Chicago. And I had just moved to Chicago from St. Louis. And I thought, oh man, I really want to get in with these guys. I really want to help. Like I remember listening to the uh, the Kickstarter pitch that had maybe like four three or four minutes of the first episode of season one. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember that pitch indeed, yeah.
1: And I thought like, ah, I could help with this. I could be useful. And so I I prevailed upon Jeffrey for a while. and, And eventually he said, I suppose we have, you know, we have enough people. At that point it was maybe like 12 people. I should say now there are maybe about 70 people involved in our That's city. That's amazing. But at the time he was, yeah, he was like, ah, uh, you know, we're pretty full up, David. But if you want to show up, sure. You know, I'm sure there's something we could find for you. Uh, and then over four and a half years, I insinuated myself and became a staff writer, uh, an associate producer on the show, and a sometimes actor.
0: So, well, I remember particularly you wearing rubber gloves and squishing some slimy stuff. Uh, In front of a live show.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. We... So, we do... So, Our Fair City, for those of you that haven't heard this show, has two modes. We have the studio serial program that we do, and then... They also—I should say they, now that I'm a producer alumna, Or actually, my term is producer emeritus, because I've retired from OFC. Uh, But there's there's the studio show, and then there's the live touring show. And so for the live touring show, there's Live Foley. And so who that is depends on who's in the touring company at any given time. Right now, it's Ellie Maitland, and she's wonderful. Uh, I'd like to get her on the show at some point, uh, just to talk about that. But I remember— Um, probably the show you saw, I squished a cantaloupe with a brick, to represent someone's head being caved in, I think.
0: It was something along those lines, yeah. (laughs) I remember
1: one Convergence, uh, we brought along a bunch of rehearsal melons, uh, and so by the last day, Convergence is this, uh, this convention that takes place over July 4th weekend, so it's very hot, and... I remember the last melon we had reserved for the final, the live performance, had grown extremely ripe, and so I think this was the one that you saw. Uh, I, I, I take the brick and I smash the, the the melon, and it just like
0: splattered. There's a there's there's some splash damage. Yeah, it was it was like a Gallagher show. People needed ponchos in the first <laughs> round. Well, uh, that's an interesting bit. Just uh, I know a lot of like the, for just our first city for one more moment. They. Uh, All did come, a lot of them came from a live theater background, but that's not necessarily your background, right? So in school, I studied
1: English and film studies, Um, and I didn't especially like making movies. Um, We didn't, we have a good film studies department at WashU, but I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the production facilities we had. I, I much preferred Um, the student radio station. So I did uh, an independent study my senior year, turned the project that i have been doing with my friends, the KWUR Theater of the Air, into like an actual class that I was doing for credit.
0: Yeah, it's a very familiar uh, biography to start off in film school and decide that actually radio is a lot more fun.
1: I wanted to tell, like you did, I wanted to tell big, dumb stories with like explosions and robots you know, and a student, a student filmmaker can't afford those things, but a student radio maker can.
0: And anyone with a flying, you know, can bring in a you know gigantic ice cream sundae uh, dropped in by aircraft carriers, right? <laughs> uh, uh, so. Uh, there's been a change in your life. You've moved out to the West Coast. As you said, you've, you have you know, emeritus at at RFR City. Uh, I'm guessing mostly mm-hmm. because of the move.
1: Entirely because of the move. Oh, no, it was a very acrimonious breakup. It
0: was terrible. Oh, was no, no, no gossip on Radio Drum Revival. But anyways, you're on the West Coast now. Um, That means you have time in your life for other things, such as taking on the host ship of Radio Drum Revival. Yes, sir. So tell us, uh, what does the future hold? And kind of, you know, we've been talking about this for over a year, so I just want to talk about how how we've got to this point and what you have in mind? Uh, sure. Fred, as your life
1: has grown more complex, you know, as you and your wife have had another child and you've built more of a more of your house and, you know, and things have picked up for you with Audible Studios and there are all sorts of things that I'm sure you are forbidden by NDA to discuss on the air, but as things have gotten more complex in your life and... S- Slightly less complex in mine as, you know, I, well, well, the things have gotten more complex in your life, and as more free time has come, come up in mine uh, with the move, uh, over the last, you know, year, you and I have been talking, and we decided that the stewardship of the
0: show would pass into my hands. Wow. It's like, it's like my third, it's like my child before my children were born, but <laughs> no, no better guy out there, yeah. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, So what we're going to be doing is, first of all, I think there's going to be more people working on the show. I'm bringing in uh, a bunch of my friends. Uh, The the Boudreaux's are going to stay with the show, which is fantastic. I'm going to be bringing in some Chicago people. I'm going to be bringing in uh, my friend Heather in Los Angeles, my buddy Dave, with whom I made the radio dramas uh, in college. It's just a bunch of people from all over the country and the world that are going to work together to make this show uh, and make it a little differently. We're going to be doing uh, a little bit more uh, interview content, but we're still going to be – the show is fundamentally going to remain a showcase for wonderful radio drama,
0: audio fiction, whatever whatever people choose to call it. Right, and and that's – uh well, this is – I don't know what we can tease about the the future, but you've already identified some pretty – interesting folks, uh, and, and you're spending a lot of time, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, interviews were one of the things that I personally love to do the most, and we're gathering information that wasn't out there before, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you hear some interesting people, so I, I, I don't know, can, you, can we tease a little bit about, uh, you know, why, uh, who the first people might be, and why you chose them among all the people out there in the world? Sure, absolutely, so... Um, the first interview
1: we're going to do, I've already, I've already recorded it, is with Eli McElveen, who's the producer of the wonderful Alba Salix Royal Physician, which is the 2015 Gold Ogle Award winner for Fantasy. Um, and that was a wonderful conversation. I want to I talk to people that are making vibrant and fun and exciting dramas. Uh, and comedies, and the second one the second interview I had was with ben acker of of Acker and Blacker, the two man writing team uh, behind the thrilling adventure hour the um, the live show in Los Angeles that ran uh, from two thousand and five to two thousand and fifteen. He was in town for uh, the San Francisco Sketch fest, so I managed to talk to him. That was wonderful, um, but I really i want to get I want to really get a survey of what is going on in the world of audio fiction? I think what we're experiencing right now is a kind of what do you call it? A pre-Cambrian explosion, right? You know, <laughs> I like it. Just yeah. like this massive boom explosion of biodiversity uh, in in the field of audio storytelling, uh, and I find that so exciting. And so I want to get as many different voices as possible. Uh, so something that Heather found in her research is there's. Um, there's this Cameroonian uh, academic who teaches at the uh, the De- Delaware State University that I really want to talk to, who has all sorts of wonderful things to say about about audio drama as development theater in Cameroon. He studied at the University of Yaoundé. I really want to talk to that dude. Like, that just, sounds awesome. There's yeah. just so much happening all over the English-speaking world and all over the non-English-speaking world will probably feature less of that. Like, I want to do something about German Hirschspiel, but I don't speak German, and we're probably not going to play a whole bunch of that, but I want to talk about the influence that that has had on English-language radio drama. This is, like, a really wonderful, diverse world full of audio stories being told in different ways.
0: Yeah, and we were talking, uh, just to sort of bring our off-record conversations onto the public record, but, like, for example, we've not, really touched OTR uh, on Radio Drum Revival before. Mm-hmm. A- and, and, you know, there's a lot of sort of baggage with that, of not wanting to be, you know, seen as a bunch of dudes with fedoras on, you know, talking literally drav- Travis Gensley into our microphones over here. Ho-ho. But, on the other hand, there are some Really interesting radio projects and heritage that uh is worth the modern audience knowing about and uh, sort of within that context, I guess both sort of culturally historically and I guess bringing your English major background into a little <laughs> bit uh you, you you you've you've also sort of thinking there may be some shows that have some sort of an analytical uh kind of view on on the old time radio you want to talk about what's percolating on that side
1: i think if we want to if we want to be taken seriously as a medium we have to start interrogating our core texts and we have to really start thinking about what not just what stories we're telling but what stories those stories are telling if that makes sense
0: yeah well and and you know to be you know, frank frank and blunt about it, you know, where where we go from, you know, a, a white male dominated story medium of a lot of geek stuff, which is one of my personal favorites. So I'll beat myself up as much as anyone. But uh, we're seeing that change, which is awesome. And it shows that, the, that this is becoming less of a, you know, kind of amateur hobbyist kind of thing and more of like an actual, you know, communication platform where in everybody in the world from all their different diversity backgrounds is able to participate in and that's super exciting too so that's that that's something I'm sure we'll hear a bit about when we start looking at the whole vast world of audio out there
1: yeah absolutely I will let you know what we get as that develops
0: (laughs) and it's not like Fred it's
1: not like obviously you're not going to be left out of the loop here because I got you on the slack and in the Trello and all of the weird production management software and things that we're using to to figure out what the show is going to be so this will not be a surprise to you but listeners
0: Listeners, yeah, yeah, we're just trying to uh, tease the future here. And if we need someone to do a field report from Cameroon, um, I'll see what can be arranged. Awesome, (laughs) awesome. Well, uh, David, we'll we'll turn the mic over to you and let you ask any questions. Do you you have any questions for me as as this uh, all sort of uh, shapes up, Fred? What can we be expecting to
1: hear from you in the coming months? I, I mean, it's not like I'm booting you out into the hinterlands of Maine. It's not like I'm turning you out of your own house. Obviously, you're welcome back on your own program. Um, what what will you what will you be doing in the future with with this medium?
0: Oh, so, yeah, I was gonna say sound effects of diapers changing, but uh, in terms of <laughs> uh, in terms of audio uh so the cleansed is is currently in the thick of post production on season three and see, that'll culminate and conclude in july and that that's been another you know pretty major project for me uh that's been pretty uh all encompassing since around mid two thousand ten when I decided to seriously do that so uh you know i I know that people like Casey Wayland are, are you know he's now going doing lockdown. Uh, and, and sort of doing more, we're alive, and I don't, I don't know that there's there there can be more tinkering in the cleansed universe when the project wraps, but that won't be part of the near term. So at this point, uh, you know, I have a wonderful sound design I'm working with Eric Mooney, and of course the composer Hubert Campbell. Uh, and so largely, it's actually already in their hands. So I've, I, apart from sort of like listening to the final mixes, what they have been doing a splendid job on, you know, kind of the last sort of polish, there's not a huge amount for me to be doing on that. Um, because I'm completely insane, I've started writing a novelization of The Cleansed because I found there was a little bit more for me to say. So we'll. Sure. I don't know if that will ever be released for public consumption. If it sucks, no one will ever read it other than me. But uh, it's just something I kind of had to do for myself. Uh, and in terms of audio the i uh, I am uh working on a anthology show, and you know there 's kind of ironic we got uh th- the kind of audio drama i 'm most interested in this long form epic sweeping multi cast multi character textured layered programs kind of got uh pretty beat up <laughs> in the last in one of the recent episodes of audio drama production podcast uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that could be its own show discussing that but i I think there was a uh, legitimate point there. uh. uh in, in particular, when you're looking at shows that sort of can get beyond the coven of those of us already in the enthusiast's field for audio drama. Sure. Uh, so one of the things I'm working on is something that, you know, a lot of work I've done has been adaptations, even The Cleanse. The Cleanse was a novel before it was an audio, then it's going back to a novel. But it you know came, originated in the written word, and I'm looking at a program that is a little bit more, you know s- s- audio first and ironically it would it might be a short story c- collection of sorts but the short stories would be you know sort of mined for their ideas but not necessarily like the the, the language uh, so it would be pretty radically transformed but uh, uh, yeah I, I guess I'll even sort of tease a little bit about the concept so uh, there's going to be a teenage girl. In some sort of environment that suck that sucks, okay. And she she discovers this <laughs> magical book um, that unlocks hidden worlds, and we get to explore different hidden worlds each each episode. Uh, so that's the the concept, and it's going to get elaborated from there. And ho- I may have, with any luck, uh, the pilot episode by Halloween of this year. Um, that'll be another project uh, myself and Bill Defries uh, collaborating directly on that um, Bill and I were the ones who you know, worked on Lock and Key principally uh, as well as Bill's co- uh, audio comics company but this would be sort of me uh, with Bill's Mind's Eye Productions and Final Room Productions on Program to be Determined alright well <laughs> so, you know Program to be Determined will always have a home on Radio Drama Revival awesome well David this has been a <laughs> blast uh, I guess it's time to roll credits do, 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 do you want to do that can, can I yeah 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 I mean just okay. we do it we have script here right, under wait. somewhere right, uh, all right yeah all right, all right. It, yeah uh, yeah all right go
1: ahead All right um Thank you for listening, folks. Be sure to visit radiodramarevival.com, where you can find our full back catalog with over 450 hours of original audio drama programming, as well as on our app. Search Radio Drama Revival on the iTunes App Store or Google Play Market. You can learn about all of the latest in audio drama news by following us on Twitter, at Radiodrama, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radiodrama Revival. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Again, just look for Radio Drama Revival. We'd be delighted if you could leave a review, tell your friends, or throw some money in the tip jar at radiodramarevival.com. Radio Drama Revival was hosted and produced this week for the very last time by Fred Greenhalgh. Our submissions editor is Monique Boudreau of Oral Stage Studios. The copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, but may be rebroadcast anywhere if it's kept in its entirety. Radio Drama Revival is a production of Radio Drama Revival LLC and is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.
0: Happy listening.
2: If. if at the bottom of everything there is only a wild ferment A dark power twisting and turning up indigestible phenomena, great or inconsequential, if an unfathomable, insatiable emptiness lurks behind the beautiful and the unmentionable, if one generation rises up after another like the leaves of the forest, if one generation follows another, songs of the birds in the wood, if the human race passes through the world, like a ship across the ocean, 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 ocean. a wind through the desert, 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 desert. so what? bells hang silent and shallow mass graves reappear. When the moon rises, the river swamps the streets and the heart is afloat on an uncharted ocean. Nobody eats oranges under a full moon, one eats fruit that is green and cold. When the moon rises, moon of a thousand murdered faces. The silver coinage sobs in your pocket